You're listening to the High on Life podcast with Sasha High, MD, episode 43. Welcome to the High on Life podcast, where it's all about empowering you with the medicine and the mindset to healthfully lose weight and thrive beyond the scale. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha High. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss and beyond. Remember that while I'm a doctor, I'm not your doctor. So be sure to seek medical support from a qualified health professional. Welcome back. I'm so happy to be with you again this week. Today, we have a client spotlight with Sharon, who's one of our amazing women who recently completed Recover Strong for binge eating disorder. And I'm really excited to share her story because she talks about how she tried every single diet. She has been dieting since she was 11 years old. That's when her mother started putting her on diets. She has done severe caloric restriction down to like 600 calories a day. She did Weight Watchers. She did all these different things and they would work for a time, right? Because diets work for a time, but they are not the long-term solution. And it wasn't until she came into our program and she got the right diagnoses. She was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder and got treatment. Then she was diagnosed with binge eating disorder and she completed our CBT program. And only now, since she's got the right diagnoses and the right treatments, has she been able to get the freedom that she was looking for, a quieting of all the mental chatter, and really even knowing her own worth and discovering that she is worth taking care of because she was dealing with a lot of the shame that is one of the hallmark features of binge eating disorder. I'm so pleased that she had the courage to share her story. Sharon is going to introduce herself, but she's 56 years old. She is married and living in a small town in Ontario and has been working in the banking industry for the past 35 years. She, as many people do, came to us really just focused, hyper-focused on the scale she tells the story of how she used to weigh herself every single day and like she just wanted weight loss. And so for us to help her see that what she has is an eating disorder and that we need to treat that first was a little bit tough for her to wrap her head around. And she she opens up about that. So, but she's so happy that she did. And I, I hope that when you're listening, you are hearing hope and you're seeing that with the right treatment and the right team, that freedom really is possible. And if you are struggling with binge eating disorder, I want you to go to www.highmetaboliclinic.com slash BED and look into our Recover Strong program because I would love for you to get the same freedom that Sharon has had. All right, without further ado, here she is. Hey, Sharon. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Dr. Hi. How are you? Wonderful. Okay, so let's jump in. I'd love for you to tell the audience a little about yourself. So my name is Sharon. I'm 56 years old, almost 57, and I live out in the Niagara region. I have been basically on, on diets for my entire life, since I was 11. It, it's been an ongoing sort of issue that I've had. Yeah, and I've been with the, the High Metabolic Clinic for just about eight months now. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you said you've been on a diet since you were 11. Tell us like, tell us what that was like for you and, and how that, like what prompted that? I've been overweight probably since, since childhood, as far back as I can remember. And I just remember my mom taking me to a, a local church 
action, putting me on a, a, a diet that was, you know, very regimented. And it just kind of, you know, it worked for a little bit, just like people always say it worked for a little bit. And then I gained a little bit more. And then I went on another diet and I've been on restrictive diets, um, you know, where I was told to eat 600 calories a day when I was 18 and lost a lot of weight, gained it all back, did Weight Watchers many times, pretty much all of the different things that were out there. But it was always not easy to lose weight, but easier to lose weight than to keep it off. Mm -hmm. So I think the most recent attempt was probably about seven years ago where I joined a gym because the eating part clearly wasn't working. So maybe the missing piece was the exercise. So I started working with a personal trainer for, I I worked with him for about seven years. I loved every moment of it other than the first night where I cried and, and I thought I can't come to this gym with all of these perfect people and, and, you know, go in there and start using the weights and, and all of that. But I went ahead, I started, that was really the first time that my mindset started to shift. My trainer did Muay Thai and I went to see him compete. There was also boxing that night and and I fell in love with boxing and and I basically told him I want to do that. So he started training me. I was like in my fifties at the time or my forties anyway. And I started learning how to box and it gave me the confidence to kind of put myself out there. I'd be boxing in the gym and we'd finish like a sparring match. And I would look up and people would just be stopped and watching a spar. So I started to get more confident in myself and the eating part of it still escaped me. You know, I did a lot of you know, hour after hour of walking on a treadmill so that I could reach my goal set for that month of a 10 pound loss or sitting in a sauna with a garbage bag on me just to lose water weight. It was, Mm. it got really out of hand, but I, I did, um, obviously when I stopped working out, I started gaining weight again. And with COVID and everything else that kind of hit is, you know, I've gained, I'm the heaviest now that I have ever been. So but I did experience just that that brief moment of having a, a normal, being at a normal weight and feeling healthy and feeling strong and in control of myself. And I think that's kind of what I'm looking for again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the boxing. I love that like mm-hmm. that you did it and you felt like it brought so much confidence for you, right? And you said it was like putting yourself out there. Yes. Was the boxing tied to, and this is kind of off topic, so we're going to talk about the, the, the overeating piece, but was the boxing for weight loss or were you, were you aware that you were doing it for something else? Like I'm interested in where, you're, where, where, where was your mind with that? For me, I think it was just to feel strong, hmm. to feel like I was in control and, and maybe to show the other people that were around that I was strong. Like mm-hmm. I, I've spent so many years kind of kind of shying away or hiding away that this was the first time that I really put myself out there. And you know, if I was walking on a treadmill in a corner, nobody would really notice me. But if I was in like sort of the center of the, the gym and like punching away, you'd see my strength. And mm-hmm. I think I have that that fighter kind of in me. So yeah. it worked. Yeah. I love that. I have the fighter in me. So you had some really great thoughts about it that made you feel really confident, right? Like, like I'm strong when I'm doing this. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. Now 
let's transition a little bit because you mentioned a few times like the eating really escaped you. And, you know, we know the end of the story, which is that the, the diagnosis of binge eating disorder came out. But when did you realize that? So what were you struggling with? Like, what was your experience with your eating? So when I first joined the clinic, I knew that I binged. I didn't necessarily, I just, my assumption was that people who are overweight, it, they binge. That's how you get overweight is by binging, by eating too much. But I didn't really think of the reasons behind the binge. And I also knew that I had anxiety and I've suffered with it for, for many years, but it was always undiagnosed. I, again, I just thought that people are more anxious about things or people worry about things. And I thought of myself as a worrier rather than anything else. So early on in my time here, I reached out to Dr. Fanuf with just, we just had a meeting about binge eating and overeating and she quickly diagnosed me with general anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. And for everyone listening, Dr. Fanuf is one of the psychiatrists on our team. Yeah. She's amazing. So yeah, I, I got on medication for that and that helped a lot, but we kind of, or I kind of put it together that maybe that's why I binge because I know that I've had instances where in the past, if something happened that was traumatic or sad, I'll use the example of when my, my mother passed away, I would find myself for days just sort of sitting on the couch and eating. And, and I could almost literally feel the sadness and the pain of, of her death kind of rising up in me. And by binging, I was pushing those feelings back down inside of me. Mm, yeah. And that was um, when I knew that I really used food sort of to numb myself. So Dr. Fanuf asked me if I wanted to take part in the CBT training once I got my anxiety under control. And that's how we, we got to, to it. Yeah. When the diagnosis of binge eating disorder was presented to you, did you have any thoughts about that? I did. I, I My first thought was, I don't binge eat. I don't binge. I, I just eat all the time. <laughs> like it's, it doesn't seem to be any specific time. Even though I knew that in, at, in certain instances I did, I really didn't think it was a problem. And I certainly didn't think of it as being a medical diagnosis, mm -hmm. you know, and just hearing that, you know, I may have it or I did have it it was almost a bit of a relief for me that it's, mm. it's not my fault. You know, yeah. that was a huge thing. Cause I, I've always like blamed myself just for being weak or, or whatever. So that was a big eye opener for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's such a key piece is that so many people with binge eating disorder don't realize it's a med medical diagnosis. And so they internalize a lot of shame. Like shame is a real feature of binge eating disorder because they think it's their fault and they're, they're weak as you put it. Right. And so, yeah, I'm glad that you felt like it was a relief understanding like, Oh, there's an explanation for why I'm behaving this way. It's not just a willpower issue. And I, I also felt that if, if there's, that there's a way to get over it, you know, if it's not my fault and it's kind of a, a medical condition, then I can get over it. There's sort of that little bit of hope 
Right. That's great. Yeah. It's like, now I can actually get the treatment that I needed because clearly with all the dieting that you had tried, that wasn't the right treatment. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And anxiety and binge eating disorder, you very often travel together. So anxiety is the most common comorbid uh, psychiatric diagnosis that goes along with binge eating disorder. So I think what, you know, what I'm hearing is just how critical it is to have multidisciplinary care when you're dealing with a complex, you had two complex diagnoses, well, a few actually, but like we're dealing with obesity, which is a real medical condition. We're dealing with binge eating disorder, which is a real medical condition. And then, you know, mood disorders are commonly coexisting, right? And so we had to address all of those things because treating any one of those individually and not addressing them as a whole wouldn't have served you as well, right? Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So then you decided like, okay, I'm going to go through this treatment for binge eating disorder. What was that like for you? It, I was terrified. <laughs> I love me. the honesty. That's yeah. Great. I was terrified. And when Dr. Funuf talked to me about what I could expect, I was, I was shocked really. I mean, I came to the clinic to lose weight. And the very first thing she said is you're not expected. Like this isn't a weight loss mm-hmm. plan this 10 yeah. weeks. dealing with the food, your issues with food. So that was a little bit different for me, but I decided when I came here that I was going to do whatever I needed to do to fix myself, to get help. So I went into it a little bit gingerly, I would say, but I went in full steam ahead and Mm -hmm. it was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So for our listeners, Sharon just completed, we're calling it Recover Strong, which is our binge eating disorder treatment program. So it's 10 weeks of pretty intensive work that you had to do. And Mm -hmm. one of the requirements for this program is that you're not trying to diet to lose weight during it, right? And so I think it's so helpful that you highlight that because that is a tripping point for a lot of people. Because most people with binge eating disorder even though binge eating disorder can happen in all different body shapes and sizes, but many of the people who'd come to us, what they're wanting is the weight loss. So for us to be like, and we're going to put that on hold (laughs) and you're not allowed to be trying to lose weight during this treatment is like, that's a hard, it's a hard thing to wrap your head around sometimes. So thank you for kind of mentioning that and just your willingness to be like, no, you know what? I want to do what I can to get well. And that's going to be my primary focus. Right. Exactly. So I think in the first week, my first challenge was to not step on the scale every day. And I step on the scale every single morning and I have for many years. And my day is basically determined by what that scale says in the morning. So if I'm up a pound, my eating would be more, my my mind would be telling me that don't eat, skip breakfast, do intermittent fasting today. You know, you'll lose that or it, it, everything was determined by that scale. And the thought of not stepping on the scale was very scary. I think it, the first few days I, I literally was having anxiety about not stepping on the scale. And then I just kept telling myself, it's really just a habit. You just got to break the habit. And from then on it, it was fine. And there was weeks where I literally forgot to step on the scale at the end of that week because it was no longer part of my daily routine. It was not a focus anymore. The weight wasn't a focus. And when I did step on the scale, 
I, I think the first week I gained about four pounds. And then after that, the rest of the 10 weeks, my weight pretty much was stable. It, it didn't go up or down for the, the rest of the time, which was really interesting, very eye-opening for me. Tell us why that was eye-opening for you. Because there's a lot in, in this treatment, it's a lot of challenging the, what we call it the broken cognitive link, which is if I let myself eat these fear foods, I will for sure gain weight. And so there's a lot of experiments around, okay, you make predictions. If you eat this food, how much weight do you think you're going to gain? And then comparing that to what actually happens with your body and it's starting to challenge those, those false beliefs that we carry around. So can you tell us a little bit about, about that for you? Sure. So the, the first thing was eating carbs. I needed to have carbs with every meal. And my head is, was screaming, no, 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 you don't eat carbs. You're not supposed to eat carbs. They're going to make you, you know, that's the worst thing. And they were healthy carbs that I ate, but just the word carbs was kind of freaking me out a little bit. So that was the first thing. And one of the weekly challenges was food triggers. And my trigger is salty potato chips. And my challenge was to eat a small amount of chips every day for the week, which I thought, okay, this is great. I'm getting to eat chips on, on this diet. So the first two days I found that I couldn't even go and buy them. I made excuses as to why I couldn't get out to get to this, to buy them. Cause I was terrified inside of, of eating the chips and what that was going to do. And the whole fact that I'm on a I'm trying to lose weight overall, not necessarily on the CBT, but overall, I can't eat chips. But I did after after the two days on day three to six, I had a small bowl and I started to say, I can do this. This is actually not too bad. This is enough for me. And then on day seven, when I knew that the next day I was having my weekly meeting, I ate an entire bag because for the first time, I was able to catch my thought. And my thought was, this may be your last chance to eat chips until you're done with this program. So eat as many as you can. So I ate the entire bag. And I told Dr. Faniff the next day, and, and she said, you're going to eat chips every day again the next week. And I thought, I'm telling you, like, that's my red light food. I can't eat it. And I went away and I ate the small amount of chips. And probably by the second day of that second week, I lost all, not appetite for them. I, I still enjoy them, but there was no anxiety around the food. It was just, it was chips. I can have them if I want them. I know that I can have them. And, and that's kind of carried over. I have them, sometimes I can have them in the house and it, it doesn't really bother me. Isn't that amazing? Because there are so many people who are like, I cannot have this food in the house or I can't control myself, yeah. right? And so they're living in this place of fear that like, if my husband brings this home, like I am out of control or, you know, if my children want this, like they can't have it either. And so to be able to be like, yeah, if I want them, I'll have them, but I don't need them. They can be in the house. I'm making those decisions. Like you're in control. Right. It's not like this food is controlling your yeah. life anymore. How does that feel? Exactly. Know that? It feels amazing. And I know that I can stop. Like I can I can enjoy a couple of chips and then put them away. And that's I'm done with it. Before I, I would have 
been thinking about them. You know, if I went out shopping on my way back, I'd be thinking, oh, I have those chips in the, in the cupboard. I'm going to go and like, they would be like taunting me. And, and that's sort of, that's gone. That's really amazing to me that in such a short period, that could be not an issue for me anymore. Mm. Tell, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Tell us the difference in the brain chatter, because there are so many people who come to me and like, it's just like the constant thoughts about food is what's exhausting. Like, oh, can I have it? Oh, there it is. Oh, I'm noticing there's that food available. Oh, this is sitting in my pantry. Should I have it today? I really want that. Like that constant chatter and like all the mental real estate that's taken up with food is so exhausting for them. So what is it like, like before and after for you? What's that experience like? So if I go back a little bit to before even starting this program, I didn't hear the chatter. The chatter had been going on for so long that it, it just sort of happened. I would just find myself at the fridge eating ice cream or, you know, having a, a second bagel mm. or, or whatever it may be. Right. So it's so, almost like you didn't, you hadn't started the practice of noticing your thoughts. You would just see the results of all that mental chatter in your actions. Right. Yeah. So I started by once the action happened, I would start thinking what is it that caused me to overeat? Like, was there something? And and I found for myself, a lot of it was, I don't know if it's procrastinating from whatever the task that I'm doing, mm-hmm. if I'm doing something at work and I have to write a paper or something like that, that I don't really, I don't want to do, or I can't wrap my head around. I'd say that voice would be just saying, just go and get something to eat. Right. You're hungry or go make yourself a coffee or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I was able to, slow down my thoughts a little bit and figure out what was causing me to eat. And it could be anything for me. I find that a lot of the time it's more, it's not sadness or it's not being mad. It's happiness. If, if I'm sell, it's that story sort of thought. If I'm out with my friends or, or if I'm going out to dinner with my husband, it's like, let's just, just have it, you know, tomorrow you can, get back on track or tomorrow. My old thought would be tomorrow. You just don't eat for the day. You know, you can kind of balance it out by not eating. And that was just something that I told myself to get what I wanted in that moment. And of course the next day I would never do anything different. I would find another reason to, to eat something or overeat again. So it it really was a cycle. And after I'm finding now that I really hear that thought and I don't just, I hear that voice, but now I can challenge it. And I've got some tools that kind of tell me that that's not what you should be doing. Do you really need that? Do you really need that? Cause sometimes there are instances that I kind of challenge the thought and, and I make the decision to, to have whatever it is, but more often than not, I'm saying, no, I really don't. I don't really need that or that's not what I want. I'll, I'll have something else instead. How is that different? Cause I know it's different, but I want to hear you, how you explain it. How's that different from restriction? I think restriction is telling me that I, I can't have it. You can't have that. And this is more, it's just, I don't want it. I I'm going to be in control of what I eat and I'm going to make the decision to, to make a better choice. So that's kind of how, how I see it now. Yeah. I love that. I call it empowered choices. And like, that's really what mm-hmm. we, 
try to work towards with our women is like, you can eat anything you want. You can have the chips in your house. You could eat them if you wanted to. What empowered choice do you want to make that, that really honors you? Right. And that's, uh, that's amazing. I love it. I said that I feel like I'm now making the decision because I find that I'm worth it. I feel like I'm worth eating healthy and, and filling my body with proper foods that are going to serve me well, rather than the junk food that I would eat the fast foods and the huge meals or whatever. So it's just, it's more coming from a place of love for me that I love myself enough that I, I want to take care of myself. And I didn't feel that way before. Okay. That is so beautiful. And like needs to be (laughs) repeated. You are finding that you're worth it and you're worth taking care of. Yeah. How did you get there? Because like that is everything. When I hear that, that's just everything for me. I'm so yeah. happy for you. Through a lot of a lot of hard work. One of the things I did in in the the CBT therapy was the body image and acceptance. Mm-hmm. And that probably was the hardest part of the the 10 weeks, and I didn't even think it was going to be hard. Uh, Dr. Funof asked if I would like to to do that, and I said, "Well, we can do it. I I really don't have a a problem with my body image. I know what I look like and, you know, I don't have a problem with it. And the first day she said, okay, just look in the, the mirror for, at yourself for, for 10 minutes at your body. And I was totally surprised that I don't look at myself. I look at myself from here up. I don't actually look at my body other than like looking to see how big my belly looks in a pair of pants that I'm wearing. It's always negative that I'm looking for, but I'm never looking at the positive in my body. So I'm still working on that one. But as I look at myself, I'm trying to concentrate. I may not like the size of my thighs, but I love how strong they are. Mm -hmm. And I love that they can carry my body and what they can do for me. And, you know, when I see my shoulders, I think, I think of, boxing and I think of how strong I got and that I'm still that strong person. Mm-hmm. So I'm just trying to look at those things and, and find the positives in it. Yeah, That's probably something that I need to work on a, a little bit more, but definitely a lot better than, than I was in the past. Yeah. That's beautiful. It's really just like being able to find what can I celebrate about what my body does for me rather than Mm -hmm. always focusing on the aesthetic, right? Which is very much how we're conditioned to think about our bodies. And then we forget like, my body has carried me through so much stuff and look at what it's able to do for me. So that's such a beautiful summary. You've now, like when we talked before this interview, you told me also how before when you were first starting, it was like all about the scale. Like the scale had to move. Otherwise, you know, there was no progress and how much that has shifted. Can you talk a little bit about that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, my success has always been based on the scale and and what the scale says. And I think the one thing that I've learned is that there's so much more to it. And the actual weight loss, I think if if I can learn to love myself and, and learn to be confident in myself and and make those other changes, the weight loss will follow. And I think I said to you the other day that if I never lost another pound, I would still be happy. I'm happy now and, and my life has changed and it's made such a huge difference without the weight loss. So I, I can't even imagine what life is going to be 
as the, the weight, because I think the weight is now, the weight loss is going to follow all of the changes that I've made on the out, inside will reflect on the outside. Beautiful. That's amazing. Okay. Well, in closing, Sharon, what would you say if there's a woman listening who herself is struggling with binge eating disorder, what would you say to her? Well, I think I would say when I started this program, when I walked through the doors or had my first online meeting, actually, I was broken. I cried through the entire initial meeting with Brianna, who's also wonderful. And I feel like I've come so far in such a short time in accepting and loving myself as I am today. And I feel I finally feel like I'm free from the, that whole diet mentality. So I think what I would say is don't give up. I'm 56 years old and it's, it's not too late. I'm finally finding that life that I was looking for. There is help out there. You just, you have to seek it out and, um, just go for it. it. It's not too late and it's life-changing. So thank you to you and your team, Dr. High. Oh, honestly, Sharon, that's amazing. It's, it's wonderful. I'm so, so pleased for you. Thank you for having the courage to share about your journey and you've shared so openly and I think you've offered so much hope. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Hey, if you are struggling with binge eating disorder and you haven't been able to get the treatment that you need, then I want to invite you to join Recover Strong. It is our new one-on-one coaching program that is available to women across Canada. In 10 short weeks, you can reduce your binging, improve your relationship to body, to food, and to self, address the negative emotions that can be associated with binge eating disorder and concerns like body dissatisfaction, body checking or avoidance and comparison with others. We will help you to have a plan for relapse prevention so that you can really eliminate binges for good. You'll leave this program confident and in control in the face of all foods and empowered in your relationship with yourself. Now is the time to end the cycle of binge, shame and restrict once and for all. Check it out, www.highmetabolicclinic.com slash BED, and we're looking forward to supporting you.